Hey guys, girls, ladies, and gentlemen, welcome to episode eight. This is Life Through a Distorted Lens, and I am your host, Lindsay Platoshin. I am so glad you're here joining me on this Friday. Uh, yeah, I hope you have not caught that nasty virus called the COVID, because uh, apparently my mom and dad have, because they decided to go to a Thanksgiving get-together with 20 family members. But that's not what I want to talk about. I want to sort of kind of piggyback on what I have been talking about, I believe, with the past two episodes about uh, really fighting back among the muck. I'm going to be discussing transgender children, hormone blockers being prescribed to children, Ellen Page becomes Elliot Page on the same day, a then 16-year-old transgender male, now 23, um, wins a very important court case, or won a very important court court case, um, and the truth behind the woke children. So let's go ahead and dive on in and not waste any time. So two days ago on December 1st, 2020, the Tavistock and Portman NHS Trust, which runs the UK's first gender clinic in London, is being sued over concerns it gave powerful drugs to children as young as 12 without proper consent. Judges ruled that a 13-year-old was highly unlikely to have the competence to understand their effect on future fertility and sexual function, and that they were doubtful that a 14- or 15-year-old could knowingly consent, and that these drugs were so experimental and truly life-changing, and that it was appropriate for doctors to seek a court order before prescribing them to a 16- or 17-year-old. In response, GIDS announced a moratorium on prescribing blockers and NHS England has declared that under 16s will not receive them without a court order. So the uh, then 16-year-old, now 23, Kira Bell, uh, said that she hoped the judgment marked the end of gender clinics, quote, playing God with our bodies by experimenting on the young and vulnerable with untested harmful drugs. Uh, So I'm going to describe or I guess really define what GNRHs are because, I mean, I had to uh, look it up as well. It's important to, you know, be educated in every corner and, and, uh, you know, educate yourself equals becoming more confident in what you speak about. And that's completely necessary for, at least for me, especially on this platform of podcasting. Um, So GNRH is an acronym for Ghana. All right, I should have like, let's right click this and have it speak. I'll try. Oh, Lord. Gonadotropin. Releasing hormone agonist. I had to look up what agonist meant because honestly, I did not know. Agonist is a drug or other chemical that can combine with a receptor on a cell to produce a physiologic reaction typical of a naturally occurring substance. GNRHs are used to lower sex hormone levels in the treatment of hormone-sensitive cancers, such as prostate cancer and breast cancer. Certain gynecological disorders like heavy periods and endio- endometriosis. Man, I know these words, but for some reason when I read them, I'm like, Grr. endometriosis and high testosterone levels in women. And now, as part of a transgender hormone therapy and to de- delay... And to delay puberty in the youth. So basically in layman's terms, GNRH uh, agonists uh, release a form of the human hormone gonad- 
G-O-N-A-D-O-T-R-O-P-I-N, to stop testicles and ovaries from producing sex hormones. The most commonly used triptorelin is is licensed to chemically castrate male sex offenders as well. Um... Just reading that, I mean, I have the immediate sense of, wait, what? Like, I think it's very interesting and peculiar that this drug that was made for other means, you know, prostate cancer, breast cancer, gynecological disorders, heavy periods, endometriosis, um, is now being used for transgender hormone therapy. Um, I don't know who decided that, um, but uh, that just seems kind of inappropriate um, because it's like... It's not what it's made for. And I know that, um, um, what is that? Uh, wow, I almost said Zoloft, that blue uh, boner pill. I almost said Vicodin. I'm so close. V- <laughs> oh my God. Viagra. Yes. Viagra, I know, was originally made for, uh, I forget, hair loss or something. But this, one of the side effects was, uh, I, you know, a boner that I guess lasted. Um, I have to, I should have looked that up, but I, anyways, um, so let's see, GNRH, GNRHs have been increasingly used off-label to treat child gender dysphoria, and in 2010, under activist pressure, GIDS, which is Gender Identity Development Service, reduced the age of prescription from 15 to 10 years old. 10 years old. So let's see, if you're 18 when you graduate high school, and you're, you know, minus four is 14, minus four off that to 10 is that like that's like fifth fucking grade fifth grade what like did anyone know what they were and what they you know just what they were at its core when you were in fifth grade you're a child it's so not it like that's not what children should be focusing on or have any concern with um anyways let me go on here uh a very young child who proceeds uh from blockers to cross-sex hormones, as almost 100% do, will be infertile because sperm or eggs have had no chance to develop. So basically, all this, you know, doing the changing your sex or attempts at changing your sex, because by the way, you'll never be able to change your biology. And that's just a a fact. I'm not a transphobe. It's a fact. You can mess with it and... (laughs) pause your natural flow of becoming a human being whether you're a male or female Um, and I know that that some people are born hermaphrodites and I know that's uh, you know I will definitely include them Um, I just don't believe in playing God and you know I think that this is so messed up and really needs to be talked about because how does any adult have the authority to let a child mess with their body as it's developing I mean, that's what's the most glaringly obvious thing here. If you remove all the political stuff or activism or whatever, I mean, to me, it's just so obvious that this is not the way to be doing life. And it's not realistic and it's not, I think the consequences and the likelihood of it not going well are just exponential. Um, so it really baffles me that it was ever approved and that, it, you know, the process of having it done is really expedited. I've done, I really dove into this uh, transgenderism with young, uh, I call them, you know, young adults. And then I also say children because they really are children. And uh, I forgot where I was going with that. Damn, I completely forgot my train of thought. Mm. 
well, the, I, basically, the more research I've done, the more I keep seeing these reoccurring themes of, um, you know, people's stories and, oh, ay, ay, ay. Um, so where I'll leave off on my notes here. Yep, yeah, no chance to develop. Um, that's just, I mean, of all times to decide that you're not what you think you are or that you're really uncomfortable with your body um, because you do have a mental illness or something going on in your head. Of all times to, like, choose to do these incredibly dramatic effects to your body as it's growing, that is the most inappropriate time, in my opinion, man. G okay, you want to hear the side effects of GNR GNRHs? Hot flashes, sexual dysfunction, vaginal atrophy, penile atrophy, osteoporosis, infertility, and diminished sex-specific physical characteristics. And it seems like these transgender youth and adults uh, seem to focus in on the, oh, well, the, um, well, I mean, it seems like the, the diminished sex-specific physical characteristics is what they want out of this. But that was, I mean, it seems to be like that's the last side effect. And it's like, they're meanwhile ignoring the rest of the side effects that are very real. And I mean, at the same time, I feel like I can't blame the young adults and teenagers for you know, not knowing this because they're not being told this when they go in for these clinic sessions and analysis of, you know, really, de de quote, determining if you qualify for this or not. I've heard this. I haven't heard any other story, actually, other than this story is that they don't ask any real questions about where did this come from? Um, you know, like, you know, asking all the real mental questions instead that it's, it's, ex it's truly expedited. And yeah. <laughs> that's that's about it. I have that more in my notes further along, but uh, that's what kills me about this is that I really feel like <clears throat> these youth are not being told the extreme side effects here, and I think that's really malicious and extremely just evil. Um, I don't know how to explain that other than that. Um, so I'm like, is this what the doctors or clinic clinicians are? Oh, what they're curiously leaving out of the initial discussions with children who seek hormone therapy is yeah, the side effects. And why would they discuss this when it could mean they couldn't make money off of a poor, naive child? Why would they, you know, talk about all these horrific side effects uh, of which I think most, if not all, are permanent? Um, you know, why would they just I just think that's so you're lying. Like, how can you, you know, there's that age old thing like, well, if I didn't say it, I'm not lying. I'm like, no, if you don't include everything, um, then that's to me lying like. And I know it's probably not the uh, actual definition of uh, lying, but if you leave out, if you purposely leave out information, that's just, um, yeah, it, it runs alongside the definition of lying. Um, yeah, and I really believe that these clinics, you know, quote, clinics and these, I don't even know what to call them. I don't even, I, I assume they're doctors of some sort. Um, they're the ultimate predators. Um I can't not look at it that way. That's the only way I see this is preying on naive children who aren't educated on this and who aren't told the side effects and who are led to believe that this is the truth and what they want and it'll, you know, solve their depression or anxieties, et cetera, and so on and so forth. Um, yeah. I mean, and I've heard of, like, you know, parents kind of dealing with it with their kid and the parents don't really know what to do. So they go and have their child go to like a trans therapist. I don't know the, the technical term there, but therapist that 
I don't know if they're tied in with the clinics themselves. Um, I, I, I wish I knew that. Um, doesn't matter because what I've heard time and again is that these therapists, you know, air quotes, make their symptoms worse and really encourage the child to transition instead of digging deep on why the child wants to transition. It's like the conversation is being shut down because of either, uh, you know, the clinic being reprimanded from the woke world or some sort of like agenda that we, the general public, don't know what the fuck's going on. I do believe that there's something at its core, um, and it's interesting that it does seem to be worldwide. Um, I mean, there are different, uh, I guess, laws and regulations based on age and whatnot throughout the world, but it does seem to be kind of allowed almost everywhere. I know it's not everywhere, but yeah. Um, so let's see. I tried to do some research on the percentages of children that desist or um, detransition from either proceeding to take hormones or thinking that they are want to become the opposite sex. and Because I've heard from Dr. Deborah So, um, let me look up her actual thing before I butcher it, um, only because I really uh, look up to this woman. Um, she is a... Is a Canadian... Here we go. Duh, Wikipedia. Even the Wikipedia can lie, but I know they're not lying about her, obviously. She's a Canadian science columnist, author, political commentator, and former academic sex researcher. She holds a doctor of philosophy degree in psychology from York University in Toronto. Basically, she has a whole slew of um, studies and sexologism. I just made that term up. She has quoted... um, the percentage of children that change their mind is 60 to 90%. And while I only question it because I want to find out where she got the statistic from, I'm not questioning my belief in believing that because I, I totally believe that. So what I found, and I really tried looking, um, most of the studies were slightly complicated, but this one, while I wish it was like more recent, uh, in 2013, Thomas Steenisma researcher and clinician at the Center of Expertise on Gender Dysphoria in Amsterdam, uh, did a study that examined 127 adolescents, all of whom had displayed various levels of gender dysphoria as children. The researchers found that 80% of the children had had desisted by the ages of 15 and 16. So, I mean, I can't ignore that one. I'm going to leave these links in the show notes so you can feel free to click into them. Um, And if I ever say anything that you find or you research and you discover that it's wrong, I really encourage you to let me know. Um, you know, I'm a human and humans make mistakes. And, um, you know, I- I'm open for talks and healthy, non-badgering, belligerent, non- non-emotionally reactive um, debates. Um, or really, I don't like calling it that. Um, I really want to call them discussions. I encourage discussions. I don't shut them down. But if you're going to attack me and say that I have white privilege and go off of this shit, then I'm not having that discussion with you because uh, we're not starting the conversation with I I am X and X and X. Um, that's not actually uh, important to like this kind of discussion to me. I don't need to let you know that I'm a white, f- straight female. That's, um, I mean, I don't know how to describe that, but people that start off their sentences with that, I kind of automatically... I don't know. It's just an immediate eye roll. I'm like, I don't know how to describe it. Um, I know I could 
research that one and really describe my feelings on that, but that's not neither here or there, at least right now, because it's not what I wrote down. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I found this little random side note. I, I, it's, I make all these notes, and I try to organize them in a way where they make sense, uh, you know, in a reading form that I do here. Uh, one one um, research statistic I found was that statistically more trans women serving sentences or serve sentences for murder and rape than of women in the UK. Uh, I'm sorry. What I wrote is literally this. Statistically, statistically more trans women serving sentences for murder and rape of women in the UK. Okay. Than trans women who have been victims of murder. So I just, I didn't want to leave that out. Meanwhile, it doesn't, I, tr I tried to, uh, I couldn't find a way to like really weave that in um, and make it flow better, but I, you can't, I couldn't ignore that. Um, yeah. So... <laughs> As much as I don't want to talk about celebrities and, like, as if they're relevant, you know, because I think Hollywood is a very perverse, not realistic, extremely harmful, especially to females, um, world, um, even though I, ironic because I love movies, um, at the same time, I do think it's important to bring this up because it's, it brings about a very uh, important, eye-opening discussion so Ellen Page is an actress, and she's been in uh, Juno, I believe, currently, Umbrella Academy. Um, and I forgot what else. She was into that movie about a, um, she, like, harasses this photographer. Um, it was really a frustrating movie for me to watch, but um, I've never had a problem with her personally. I know that she was a huge lesbian icon uh, two days ago on the same day as that court case was won. Um, Ellen Page, I wrote Ellen Page, the now dead name, but previous lesbian icon is now Elliot Page, the political cult puppet. So I think it's curious that she's 33 and she'll be 34 in February. Um, but it seems really convenient that in Hollywood at the age of 35, actresses are commonly deemed washed up or expired. I, you know, when I heard that she is uh, now a man, um, my immediate thought was, oh, she just needs, you know, uh, her name in the, the news or trending on Twitter because her acting career is technically expired, not her age really thing. I mean, well, you can't ignore that, but yeah, I mean, that is in line with it. Um, so Meryl Streep went through a very rough period in the middle age when the roles had dried up and she felt like she had to glam and sex herself up to make herself more marketable. It was only when Streep started playing older roles of older women that her career caught fire again. Maggie Gyllenhaal was told by a Hollywood producer that she was too old at the age of 37 to play the love interest of a 55-year-old man. Uh, I mean, you know, it's it's very obvious, and I, this is well known to me, that uh, females are treated like garbage in Hollywood. And, you know, if you're like 35, you'll play the role of a fucking grandmother. It's, um, it seems really bananas. Um so what's interesting in her, her, like, paragraph that she wrote about her now I'm a man thing, uh, she didn't really talk about her story and, like, why she's doing it, nor did she thank her lesbian fans that built her up and really looked up to her, um, because it's like she doesn't need them anymore, so, I, you know, I, meanwhile, I'm not a lesbian, I just can't imagine, you know, seeing her as an, a, a really visible icon you know, where she has this platform as a celebrity to speak certain things, to all of a sudden basically denounce being a woman and become a man. 
So she came out at an event hosted by the Human Rights Campaign and has continued to work with them. And it's very likely that she was groomed into this, you know, this this whole trans thing. It has very cult-like um, thought processes. Right, let me pull this up. I didn't have it in my window. So. so this kid is 17 years old. On his Twitter, it says he, him, they, them, T-Y-T-Y-M. And his age, 17. First of all, I'm like, that just looks absurd. I can't. This 17-year-old child wrote, So in light of Elliot Page coming out, I'm going to remind you guys of basic, very basic trans etiquette in this thread. And he, for some reason, capitalized very basic. uh, One, you don't use their birth name, period, ever, period. That shit is dead. You forget that it even existed. Two, quote, she is now a he is the worst phrase, comma, drop it. Um, I'm, I'm not going to number them anymore because they're not really numbered, but correct people, three exclamation marks, if they use four exclamation marks, the wrong pronouns, three exclamation marks. Next one. Don't fucking ask people what surgeries they've had or are planning on having. Next one, quote, oh my God, I never would have known you were trans is not the compliment you think it is. I'm sorry, I can't not read this like this because it's so, hold on, let me keep reading. Uh, Next one, if you slip up on names and pronouns, that's okay. Just quickly correct yourself and move on. Don't make it a big deal. For God's sake, don't make it a big deal. I'm like, wait a minute. (laughs) This is what kills me about this shit. It's like, wait. Huh? I don't, I don't understand. How can you write that when you know full fucking well that you and your followers, cult following, will be like, fuck it. I'm just like, they always do this thing where it's, they either say, don't be this way, but they literally are that way. Or they say, it's incredible. A time and again, I've seen them say these things where I'm like, are you even listening to what you're writing? Or, you know, are you paying attention to what you're writing? Because you literally are that. Uh... It's the, the the amount of projection with these kids is insane, is insane. Uh, next one, make an effort on pronouns. Next one, he, she, it, whatever is not the funny comment you think it is. Next one, ask what you can do to support them. Next one, you don't get a special prize for using the right name and pronouns. It's basic respect. Don't act like you're doing them a favor. Next one. Everyone transitions in their own way and at their own pace. You don't get to police that. Next one is, don't ask them if their label on their sexuality has changed. They'll talk about it. They'll talk about that in their own time. Next one is, this is what kills me. Actually, yeah. The the last one and the, uh, this is sarcasm, by the way. The, The gentle, loving, unifying, great, beautiful ending note on this shit is this and i quote just be fucking respectful people it's not hard so these were in three uh, separate tweet threads first one has fifty thousand likes next one has fifty one thousand the next one has forty two thousand I-, I know i hate numbers and they're not really real but uh this is extremely disturbing to me the next one is uh Hey, this blew up, so if you want to help out my friend Kai, he's raising money to get top surgery, which, by the way, that's technically she. Top surgery is when you chop your breasts off. If you can't donate, then retweets help spread to those who can. Um, I'm just really disturbed by that. Um, Let me get back to my notes because I do get into that. 
I should have waited actually, but uh, no, I do actually want to read those. Uh, let's see. Where did I leave off here? Do, 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 do. Oh, yeah, let's see. Uh, so uh, the odds are the Ellen Page thing is a publicist imposed idea. And it's almost like how female musicians or many celebrities or influencers claim to be bi uh, and are actually not. It's because their publishers told them to and it w- they told them it would, it would make male fans find them more interesting. Like, think about that. Duh. Like, of course they would. And plus, it, now it gives them clout and like, I'm special and I'm with the woke kids. And a lot of the people that are the young people that are out there are using phones and they are the naive and they are the a lot of them are the woke ones. So from a money stance as an evil person, yeah, it makes sense if you don't give a shit about like ethics and the damage it does on, you know, basically our children, which our children, let me remind you, is the future of the world. Um, I was having a discussion with my best friend about this. Um, something along the lines of like, even if this is not that big of a number, which I don't believe it is a small number, like I've said previously, is that I believe this started out probably, you know, small or not as well known, but now it's growing, especially in the past five years. It's just, it's shot up, you know, there are actual charts you want to look at them and research. Um, and that's, you can't, I can't ignore that and be like, oh, it's not that many or it's not, uh, it's not just a thing that sits out and hangs out on Twitter or the internet. It's an actual thing. Um, so, I'm really bothered by the amount of women wanting to become men because being a female is obviously an endless endeavor and a struggle. Um, So like, yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't even need to say anything else. I mean, that sentence kind of stands alone right there. Um, Claiming gay men are transphobic for not wanting or wanting to engage in sexual intercourse with a trans man is absolutely absurd. Uh, I think I've actually discussed this in my last one, but I don't understand how that's in any way, shape, or form transphobic um, at all. It's literally like a preference. Gay men like penises, balls, and a male, biological male. So if they date a trans man and they don't have a penis and they're not biologically a male... Well, I mean, that's up to their preferences. Everyone has their own preferences. And for to have anyone else police them on that shit is, is really um, ridiculous. Um, yeah. Um, and someone said on the gender critical said it group that that is rape. People should be able to reject someone for any reason when it comes to the dating world. And that one was just... That one struck me, you know, enough to obviously put in my notes, but it really does feel like that when people are deciding things for you and who you can have sex with or who, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, So there's someone who comments on that um, sub uh, group a lot and they have wonderful things to say and I'm going to quote directly from them. The regressively sexist standard. All right, let me start over. Bleh thought I had it so good there. (laughs) The regressively sexist standards of trans ideology. Those males count more as women than we do, even though we're the only ones who, because of our female sex and our female bodies in a male supremacist, misogynistic world, have spent our entire lives dealing with a ton of issues and barriers that males, no matter how they present and how, quote, girly they think they look and act, have never faced and never will face. Um, that's what also kills me about all this shit is watching men become women and suddenly 
they get to have weirdly like our same right. It's such a bizarre, misogynistic, sexist thing. It's, it kind of breaks my brain. Um, I don't, here's an example that just bothered me. Um, there's this YouTuber, uh, influencer or whatever, who is actually very well-spoken and, and discusses wokeism and topics and whatnot. Um, but is a trans, let me get this right. Male to female. So trans, trans female, transgender female. Um, so it's a male to female. And I actually, what they talk about is actually really well thought out, well researched, except for when they kind of insert these like young influencer things. I couldn't, I honestly couldn't finish what they were saying though, because it was unbearable. So he's like, excuse me, she's uh, drinking Starbucks and spills it on her lap and is like, oops, I spilled it on my pussy. And, you know, I'm like, what? I think it sets this weird precedent of like what a female is. But I'm like, that's not what how females act and talk like that. I mean, sure, there's going to be some people, but <laughs> um, man, it's, it's really hard to describe. Um I'm also trying to work on not saying that, not saying it's hard to describe and kind of try to try to describe it. These are like really uh, intricate, nuanced things that really kind of uh, get to me. Like when I see these things happen, whether I read it or it's a post on TikTok or that YouTuber that I, I can't really describe. I don't know what to call it, but it really is really bothersome. Um because it's not like how a female would talk. And I don't know. I'm just going to stop trying to explain that. Because I'm not sure how to explain that. But it definitely it really, really bothered me. Like all of a sudden these males get, get to dominate a female realm. And now they get to dictate what it is to be a female. And I think that's very dangerous and absurd. You know, as if females haven't lived enough of uh, oppression and bullshit by the males. It's like... Do you see where I'm going with this there? Uh, let's go on here. Yeah, I think uh, I think the ones that are taking hormones now, or the ones that are extremely invested in this cult following, will stick it out even when it's no longer fashionable. I really do believe that, that, you know, they will inevitably become bitter that young people think this is all dumb. And they're going to continually lie to themselves because lying is better than facing reality and looking like a fool to the internet or your follower count would be awful. Like, you know, end of the world. Like, I really believe that there's a lot of transgender folks out there that are just lying um, about how, quote, happy they are. And I feel amazing. And a lot of it, uh, a lot of the feelings that they feel when they freshly are on testosterone you know, there is a sense of euphoria that they feel, but it doesn't last. And it's almost like the same thing with veganism that people, um, you know, say they have lead crappy diets and they eat chips and pizza and just not good, you know, lack of veggies. And all of a sudden you omit the shit food and you're eating vegetables and juicing and you're naturally, your body's naturally, naturally going to be like, hell yes, I feel amazing. I feel alive. Yes. But then what I've found time and again is that veganism doesn't really last. And I know that people say it lasts or it works for other uh, people and God bless them, but I think they're lying <laughs> straight up. Um, you know, I'm allowed to have that fucking thought. It didn't work for me. And sure, if it, I'll, sure, I'll, I'll say sure it works for you. Um, but I'm not buying it. Um, I'm just not, uh, you can't replace the B12 vitamin that is found in meat with uh, B12 powders. 
like faux cheese powder. I, when I was vegan, there was this like cheese, but by the way, very expensive, like cheesy powder that you sprinkle on whatever you want. And, you know, I just don't believe that when you're vegan, you have to take so many supplements and pills. And I'm like, but nothing is ever going to be as good as or work the same as actually ingesting it from the source of the food item. You know, what am I going to do? Take 20 pills a fucking day in hopes that it'll replace actual food that's grown from God's green earth? It doesn't work that way. It doesn't. Um, I think the uh, supplement industry is a, a, cro- a lot of it is a crock of shit, straight up. Um, we take these uh, gummies that are like multivitamins, and I'm like, I, I think it's just candy. <laughs> you know, I don't know, whatever. Um, let's see. Yeah, uh, along the side of uh, where I left off there is like, you know, how could they be truthful to their followers if they, you know, because I do believe that you gain this very false, you know, uh, quote, family which really is a cult following that, you know what? Those people will not stand by you if you're like, I don't think this is for me anymore. Every single one of them will leave. I've, I mean, <laughs> I have no doubt in my mind. Like, every single one of them. I think that's a huge sign that it's a fucking cult. Number one, man. You know, because the young generation weighs everything on follower counts and likes. I've seen kids beg for it on TikTok. I mean, I'm not on TikTok, but I do visit that... Uh, cringe tiktok subreddit just uh i don't know and i i am i am aware that that subreddit isn't like all of tiktok but i do believe that it it is still out there it's just the same argument i was saying earlier um that if it's a small amount it's still enough that it's a very it's a very infectious amount let me put it that way um so this is um another quote that really i I just want to Quote, this message of, quote, ourselves need to be endlessly curated and constructed, possibly surgically and chemically altered in order to become truly, quote, authentic, should never have been anywhere near the LGB pride message of we're fine just the way we are. We love ourselves and each other just as we are. And I mean, if you've ever known um, homosexual or lesbian or gay people, you know, the ones that I've known are just, I was going to use the word normal. I don't, they're just, what I mean by normal is that they're just like you and me. If you're not homosexual, they are not like, look at me, bow, bow down to me and kiss my feet, wash my feet. Uh, they just want to pass and, um, you know, they want to be treated the same and get the same rights as humans that aren't homosexual. And what is the stark the dramatic difference is with these transgender people is it's not that they, their message is not we're fine just as we are. It's not, we love ourselves and each other just as we are. That's not, that's not their agenda. And I think that the, that's why it's incredibly important to drop the T from that, the LGB hundred percent. I mean, it makes total sense to me, honestly. Um, yeah, this one, <laughs> Trans women, so men that become women, quote women, get to tell us how it feels to be a woman when they were men for decades. It's literally mansplaining 2.0. You can't opt out of biological sex. The thing that should be worrying is the terrifying increase in mental health issues that are driving people to think this gender agnostic bullshit is a cure-all for their personal personal anxieties. God, a lot of these sentences are rah. Like, just, yeah. 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 I think there's a lot of mental health issues in that. 
Just because you have mental issues or anxiety or you feel like you don't fit in or you're a masculine female that, you know, doesn't wear dresses or wear a lot of makeup or look like a, you know, um, typical, I guess, female, that doesn't mean you're a fucking trans or that you're a boy. There, There's obviously a, um, I don't want to use the word spectrum, but there is a, um, I guess, scale. I'm not sure what to call it because I don't like using the word spectrum here of males and females like males can there are some males that are extremely feminine and there are are some males that are very masculine there are some females that are very masculine and there are some females that are very feminine but that doesn't mean that you're automatically the opposite sex it just doesn't i'm like you know and a lot of this stems from mental uh health issues health issues and a lot of the diving deep and identifying with the trans world and, and doing these hormones and getting these irreversible surgeries only exacerbates your underlying issues because your underlying mental issues were never addressed. It's like you can't solve this shit by, I would say, a Band-Aid. That's that, you know, classic quote or whatever. You, you can't solve it. What's What should I use in place of a Band-Aid? It's not really a Band-Aid. You can't solve this shit by ripping off the Band-Aid. I don't know where to go. You know where I'm going with that. I think it's just, you know, I think... And what's funny about all this is that by me saying this, I get to be labeled as a transphobe. Um, meanwhile, I know no one has said that to me specifically, but someone has definitely implied it. <laughs> um, saying that my book collection is, oh, is that uh, J.K. Rowling's book collection? Obviously, I know what they're getting at. And I'm like, you know, I'm, I, if someone comes at me with snark and sarcasm and not a discussion that's mature and just curious and I'm not engaging with your fucking game I'm not doing that you know because I'm gonna say or I'm, it's in the um, my notes here later down that their game is not the same as my game um, and I hate calling it game it's not a fucking game uh let's see um yeah let's see so there's this whole thing like girls need to be like boys uh which is being worthy of respect Women not standing in their power. Women not standing in their power as women erodes our set of role models. Um, you know, I can't help but think that there is something extremely evil weaving its threads into the young children of the world, and specifically young little girls. Um, you know, suddenly girls don't want to deal with the hardships of being a female, and I feel like all of this is starting to stem from an extreme s- sexism and homophobia. There's been studies that parents would rather have a trans child than a homosexual child, and how is that not homophobia? Like, really, of course, no one would call it that because, I mean, if sex has no meaning or definition, there can be no such thing as same-sex attraction, can there? Oh, geez. Um, Yeah, the woke and especially people who are trans right activists tend to not just be incredibly misogynistic, but they're extremely and blatantly ageist, too. The worst of their ageism is directed squarely and solely at women. This woke cult is all about girls and hates women beyond a certain age. Boo! Yeah, um, I'm just really thrilled to have a place to talk about this. Um, I'm really proud to have this discussion. I know it sounds weird saying that because it's like I'm no one's talking back to me. Um, but I mean that in the sense that obviously I get this platform to speak out about this um, because I think there's not enough people that are going against this what you there's not enough people going against what they feel in their gut is just wrong and it's time to wake up people stop remaining silent even you know um stand up for what's right even if you're standing alone 
You know, you really, it's really important. And I know it's scary and it's not what anyone really wants to do because it causes drama and personal, you know, issues and whatever. But I think it's important. It really is. It's always important to stick up for what you believe is right. So my next segment is, I really feel like I should have put this one first, but it's all right. Uh, I applaud you for getting this far because this, this shit is the most important. Um, I call it the truth of wokeism. So no one, I'm going to explain the truth of why no one wants to question what goes on beyond what what they see on the surface level. Um, Because these people that don't really dig into the investigative work um, and just kind of go with the flow. I do believe these people want peace and you don't need diversity. But the extreme issue I'm seeing is that what you're seeing um, isn't what's actually being displayed via social media. The problem is that without doing further investigative work or keeping a curious or skeptic mind is that the critical theorists get to continually fool you. This keeps getting worse because no one really wants to do the investigative work and dig deep. TLDR, critical theories mimic critical thinking. Critical theorists are playing a very different game from the rest of us. The words they use don't mean what we think they mean. Critical theory equals playing political war games. The reason why they are making headway is because we keep letting them do it. So, I mean, you know, academic papers should be refuted with other academic papers and commentary. They shouldn't be retracted from heckler campaigns that shout or threaten them out of existence. I don't see how that lines up at all when... You know, example, this one tweet of like, this is unacceptable of uh, Abigail Schreier's book being yanked from the Target store from one fucking tweet um, is it's it's a literal heckler being like, eh, just one person. Thank God her book was brought back. But I mean, that's terrifying. It's um, um, what's the word? Censorship, you know, like what? That's that's just flat out absurd. Um. Journalists should not be fired for asking politically uncomfortable questions. I'm pretty sure that's what their job is. Um, you know, throughout my recent studies, I've realized a lot of the critical thinking. Um, and let me explain here that critical thinking is different from critical, critical theory. Critical theory is the woke kids. Critical thinking is me. Um, but I've realized a lot of the critical thinking is a, a lot of conservative based um, research and it's unfortunate because I know that there's this obvious stigma with conservative anything but I'm like, um, yeah, I mean, oh, Lord, let me just get on there because I don't know how to um, put that in a um, well-thought-out sentence. Um, it's just because it's an opinion article, does that mean you should automatically dismiss it? I think it's important to stay curious. And I, I understand it's like, oh, this is a Democrat article. It's going to be this way. But I think it's important to look at all sides here and not just be like, you know, living in your echo chamber. Um, We let them inject their viral RNA into the liberal body politic because it looks like liberal RNA, but it's not. It's critical. I think we need to be aware that their game does not invite critical thinking. It problematizes everything it doesn't like out of existence. Did you hear what I just said? I'll say it again. We need to be aware that their game does not invite critical thinking. It problematizes everything it doesn't like out of existence. Hello. Yeah. If pay, I'm sorry, if people or papers go against their political agenda, those have to be destroyed, not debated or discussed, but simply destroyed. <laughs> I mean, do you, would you agree with that, you know, um, at all in any way, shape or form? Just, you know, I just want you to think about this stuff here. 
Their game does not seek to make progress. It seeks to get reparations. Their game doesn't seek justice or fairness. Their game seeks destruction, disrupt, and dismantle only. They throw out extremely hateful terms without even realizing the true definition. It's like they are using extremely controversial words and redefining them to go along with their political agenda. Like they throw out the word Nazi and genocide and I mean, all sorts of shit. It's just like, do you even know how insulting that is? And oh God, I mm -mm. Um, debate and conversation, especially w when they rely upon reason, rationality, science, and evidence are the very thing they think produce injustice in the world in the first place. Those are not their methods and they reject them. Their methods are instead storytelling and counter storytelling appealing to emotions and subjectively interpreted lived experience and problematizing arguments morally on their moral terms. That's huge. I mean, all this is huge. Um, and a lot of this uh, is either not, I tried not to make these direct quotes because it's this interesting thing where if you read something, you know, that you firmly believe everything that they're saying, I don't want to take what they're saying and just like read it off. Um, but some of it I did want to keep in the form of how it was written because it's important and I don't really want to dumb it down. Um, and this is, I'll, I'll leave all these, again, the link in the show notes. Uh, let's see. So yeah, I was, you know, debate and conversation <laughs> are the very thing that they think produce injustice in the world in the first place. Yeah, they're not their, you know, they reject them. Their methods are instead storytelling. I already got that. Yeah, sorry. I didn't. They believe the whole conversation and debate game is at its core rigged against them in a way that not only leads to their loss, but uh, yeah, it's just they think it's rigged against them. Like, they also believe it supports the existing system and then further debunks the attempts they advance in their place. Critical social justice theorists genuinely believe getting away from the masters' tools is necessary. Debate is a no-win for them. So this is why it's incredibly... I think this is the most important thing to learn about the woke people is all of this is so... It rings so true. Um, I can't ignore this. It's, it was one of the most eye-opening um, descriptions and... I've ever heard about woke generation. Um, it's from a new discourses article and also a podcast I've been re-listening to. Um, the podcast is called new Dis new discourses, 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 uh, stealing the mod critical social justice and the principle. It's like slowly scrolling and the principle of charity. Uh, so this is something I, I had in my notes that I should have put up there with the transgender stuff. Estrogen hormone therapy affects progesterone and likewise affects the amygdala activity, which regulates things like anxiety and stress over simple situations. When you drastically change your brain chemistry, this is what happens. Um, yep. I believe I took, that was from a quote from J.K. Rawlings, uh, kind of journal post about clarifying um, her stance behind uh, the trans stuff. Yeah, let me. I'm gonna touch uh, a little bit briefly on um, this. is kind of like a follow up podcast from my last one. Uh, so now I'm gonna talk about autism uh, versus the self diagnosed internet nation. Um, being autistic doesn't mean you're, they unstable at all. It just it doesn't. Um, the fact that people are now learning from the internet and self-diagnosing pool of teens on the World Wide Web, uh, they see someone who is faking autism and claim, "Wait a minute, guys, they really are autistic." But they're like learning from the internet from other 
people claiming, you know, self-diagnosing and claiming that it's autism, but they haven't been diagnosed or anything. So when they see someone faking autism, they're like, oh, wait, no, they really are artistic. It's like, no, it's like misinformation highway, man. A lot of these illness fakers fit the bill of someone who does not, who does, hold up, excuse me. A lot of these illness fakers fit the bill of someone who does all of this for clout in the first place. There are more self-diagnosed fake autistic people on Twitch and TikTok than real ones by a substantial margin because there's value in it. The same way my trans autistic sister drew this would make the front page no matter the drawing versus my sister drew this. It simply would not make the same kind of front page. There's just so much faking illnesses and anything else really that no one knows no one. I think the young generation and I think actually adults too in a, in a weird way. We don't know what's reality anymore. And everyone lives in their own reality of I identify as being a tree or I identify as cotton candy. I'm not making this up, by the way. That's the literal shit I've read. Uh, you know, you name it, and it's a... Uh, gender is a uh, universe. It's a spectrum. No, it's fucking not, dude. It's literally not. Everyone lives in their own reality and expects the reality to, to succumb to their made-up fantasy land world, and that will never work because it will always wind up clashing with other realities. It, um, it just sets the stage for immediate tension and quarrels. I don't think it's... Uh, I don't think blurring these lines... Um, helps out anyone in the long run it really doesn't um yeah man so uh you know parents are starting to give into their children transitioning i should have put this up with the trans thing oh well um because it makes them look woke and accepting to their neighbors imagine living in like a woke neighborhood and you know and basically parents aren't immune to this uh wanting to be woke for you know, a pat on the back or a clapping or an award or God bless you, or you're so brave or whatever, or you're a good parent. Uh, you know, even they're being fooled. Hmm. You know, gender dysphoria, I agree with the clinicians and therapists who got in touch with, um, who, you know, that, that they want to see a proper exploration, exploration of the factors that led to it. You know, I think that's what we need to be doing. Better mental health services need to be put in place to help that person through the period they are going through. Flat out, like, end of discussion. Um, and I'm glad that, uh, I don't want to mispronounce her name, Kira, I believe, won that court case. I think that's wonderful. Um, I'm, I'll leave these, uh, her story and a video and, you know, obviously all the stuff in the show notes. Um, yeah, I think that's all for now. Um, thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to rate and review my podcast on Apple Podcasts. This matters with visibility on Apple Podcasts and makes a difference, so you too can make a difference. Head over to my patreon.com forward slash distorted lens to check out. Uh, I'll throw up images over there if there's if I ever speak about an image that, you know, is just better showing you versus me explaining. Um, and if you have any questions, uh, you can write into my email at distortedlens at gmail.com. Remember, you guys, question everything. Curiosity will save humanity. Peace out. Comedy about life. Well, I thought you were the kind of girl who knew when to say when. I don't really know what kind of girl I am. We've been. Start dealing with things way beyond my maturity level. 